from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. From a roller coaster of weather events. But now that El Nino has kicked in, it's a strong event. It could be one of the strongest on record before it's done. To record high prices for cattle. It's almost every segment of the industry that we can see that consolidation which added up to a wild ride of a growing and harvest season. That heat we got in August, I believe it uh, hurt our beans somewhat in yield. We look back at the year that was and what may be to come right now on Ag Day. Ag Day, presented by Pioneer. What's next happens when experience meets expertise. Pioneer, what's next happens here. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. As we start a new year, we want to take a look at the big stories of 2023 and the impact they're continuing to have on agriculture right now. We began with a story that seemed to impact ag in a host of ways from growing and harvesting this year to the movement of grain and the sale of livestock. We're talking, of course, about drought. At one point, at the end of June, 70% of the nation's corn crop was in an area experiencing drought. Soybeans were 63% in drought. And for much of the growing season, the drought was concentrated in some key growing areas, including the Midwest. That, in turn, impacted condition ratings. Lance Honig, NAS Crop Branch Chief, saying at the time, there were only two years in history where condition ratings were lower than they were toward the end of June. That's 1992 and 1988. In August, scouts on the Pro Farmer Crop Tour got to see the impact of the drought in person as they battled through high heat to check yields. Now, Pro Farmer estimating a national average corn yield of 172 bushels to the acre and for soybeans, 49.7 bushels to the acre. USDA settling for a slightly better yield of 174.9 bushels to the acre for corn, calling for a record production of 15.2 billion bushels and 49.9 bushels to the acre for soybeans. One state hit hard by drought and heat was Iowa, with several scouts on crop tour in August already reporting ears were hanging, accelerating harvest at the end of October, with progress running 15 points ahead of the five-year average. Agnes Michelle Rook was there to check out the results. From field to field and even within fields, this year's harvest results are variable in Iowa, in part due to drought, which has covered over 90% of the state since late May. Larry Jacobson's farm in central Iowa only ran six to eight inches below normal for moisture, but he says the early flash drought shaved yield potential. I think it probably did some. Uh, we went from a wet spring to a dry spell. But he also points to the late season heat stress as a yield robber. That heat we got in August, I believe it uh, hurt our beans somewhat in yield. And I'm sure it's cut back on our corn yield some. It's as hot as it was for heat index and temperature wise for about six days there, it, it, was, it was miserable. So he says corn yields are running below 2022. Corn wise, we're in that probably 220 to 230. The heat also pushed the crop during filling, and so test weights on corn are lighter. We're in that 56, 57. Well, last year's test weight was, everything we hauled out last year was over 60 pounds. But surprisingly, that early push to maturity hasn't cannibalized the plants. Our stock integrity is great. We haven't seen any ear drops. We don't have any, any corn that is not standing. I mean, it's all standing very well for us. 
The soybean harvest is done at Jacobson's farm, and he says that crop also ran below their farm averages. Beans were in that, oh, 60 to 65 bushel range. Over the last couple years, we've been up about five, five to seven bushel better. USDA has Iowa corn yields pegged at 199 bushels per acre, just a bushel under 2022, with soybeans only a half bushel lower at 58. Jacobson thinks that's about right, even with the severe drought in eastern Iowa. There's going to be areas that have been hit hard. I mean, there's still drought. We've got a, what they consider our area a light drought, and there's still areas that are extreme droughts. So it just depends on where you're at and how the weather affected you. Jacobson says with less bushels at his farm and lower prices versus a year ago, he's seeing declining margins. I mean, corn prices have dropped. We're, we're back down in that $5 range or just a little under, whereas in the last, last year we were between six and seven. So profitability is gonna be lower. And looking ahead to next year, he says that trend may continue depending on where input prices fall out. The dry conditions also impacting other key crops and that in turn impacted livestock. In September, we reported that 37% of the nation's hay crop was in an area experiencing drought. That included several of the major growing areas, including Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri. And there was concern those tight hay supplies could lead to further liquidation of cattle. It sure seems like to me that's where we're headed. And it's almost every segment of the industry that we could see that consolidation all the way from the cow-calf level, all the way to processing and, and to, to retailers at the end of the day. More consolidation ahead as this is an industry that you've got a number of participants along the way that need to coordinate. And sometimes that, that concentration or consolidation, I think, helps with the coordination along the, the chain. Now in 2023, drought and a shrinking cow herd work together to cost you more for beef at the grocery store. In November, USDA reported the average price of beef sold at U.S. supermarkets was $8 per pound. That's higher than the previous record of $7.90 set back during the pandemic. It was directly blamed on the drought in the South and West, which had whittled down the size of the nation's cattle herd to a more than 60-year low. One southern state heavily impacted by drought and dryness, putting a dollar figure on the disaster. Louisiana estimating the state's ag and forestry suffered more than a billion and a half dollars in losses in 2023. Along with little rain leading to yield and quality losses, livestock producers struggled to grow enough forage. And we told you how forest landowners faced wildfires. Crawfish producers also had to deal with the potential threat of saltwater intrusion. Experts say, Unlike past natural disasters, which only impacted portions of the state, drought and heat were experienced across the entire state for much of last year's production season. Higher prices for inputs, along with high interest rates, all added up to impact farm income. We'll see how that changed the bottom line coming up next. And later, a deeper dive into our top story of 2023, the impact of weather and what may be to come for the early part of 2024 coming up. Higher input costs along with inflation among the factors that led USDA to project a decrease in farm sector profits for 2023 compared to 2022. Now, the Economic Research Service saying inflation-adjusted net cash farm income is now forecast to decline by $49.2 billion, or over 23% from 2022, reaching just under $158 billion this year. 
Net farm income is expected to drop by 20% to just over $151 billion in 2023. Experts say farm income is still above the average of the past 20 years. But still, the farm sector remains fairly healthy in terms of its solvency. Now, the projected decrease in 2023 come after both net cash farm income and net farm income reached all-time highs a year ago. But there was better news going into planting season when it came to fertilizer costs. Prices for some fertilizer products were down from record highs set during the 2022 crop season, with prices for potash and phosphate dropping slightly. But the biggest change was in urea. Yeah, we've seen fertilizer come down a lot, particularly urea. Uh, we've already got you know our, our anhydrous and nitrogen bought uh, for our corn, but, but urea has come down substantially from what it was a year ago. You know, it was a dollar pound you know for actual end and now it's uh, much less than that supply chain issues not only created supply shortages but also pushed herbicide prices to near record highs in 2022 now by march the cost of popular herbicides like glyphosate had also tumbled 2023 was supposed to be the year for a new farm bill instead it was extended into this year the president signing into law a plan to avert a government shutdown and extend the current farm bill. The bill now extended through September of 2024. Democrat Representative Mark Paukan of Wisconsin supporting the extension when the vote came to the House, warning that without the farm bill extension, milk prices would have soared and hurt producers back in his home state. Also out of Washington, a key decision in May that angered many in the pork industry, the Supreme Court denying a petition to review California's Proposition 12, the law requiring the sale of meat products in the state to conform with California's animal housing standards. But the National Pork Producers Council said those standards would reach far outside of California's borders to farms across the country, driving up costs for both pork producers and consumers. But the law was set to go into effect New Year's Day. The law increasing production costs along with weaker demand all believed to have contributed to lower hog prices overall in 2023. And another important decision from the Supreme Court had the EPA in September amending its final rule on the new definition of the waters of the U.S. The agency forced to make some changes after a Supreme Court decision last May limited its power to regulate those wetlands. The updated rule now states that wetlands covered by the Clean Water Act must have a continuous surface connection to navigable waterways. This means that a wetland not directly connected to large rivers, streams, and coastlines might either remain unregulated or come under state-level regulations. Now, legal counsel at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association saying at the time it was satisfied with the revisions in regards to what it means for protecting private property rights. Besides the pork industry, it was also a difficult year for fluid milk producers. With the Dairy Margin Coverage Program getting a nonstop workout in 2023, in July, the DMC hit its lowest level since the program began back in 2019. Those high prices seen in 2022 dropping through much of last year due to increased production, depressed export demand, and high operating costs. The commodity markets weathered all the news this year hitting historic highs in some cases and some not-so-nice lows. Agday's Michelle Rook has a look back and ahead next. A recent forecast from USDA sees exports falling in 2024. The agency calling for exports of 
169.5 billion dollars. Now that's down two and a half billion from August, and that's against imports of 200 billion, which is up 500 million. That would result in an ag trade deficit of 30.5 billion dollars. Taking everything that happened last year, what can we expect market-wise as we kick off a new year? Agnes Michelle Rook has an in-depth look and analysis. Joining us for our grain market review is Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing. And Dwayne, 2023, I think it'll go down kind of as a year where we saw this commodity reset in grains, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. You know, the funds had been long, like the corn market, for example, for almost a record amount of time. And when I say the funds, I mean the managed money. And yeah, they hit the reset button, like you said, in a big way and are now short the market. And for me, when I look back at 2023, I kind of feel like it's going to be the end of the the great bull market run for the corn corn market, I think. I, I hope I'm wrong, but it sure feels that way with our ending stocks getting bigger. Drought was the other headline, and you mentioned the big crop in corn, and we had a record crop despite a drought in, what, 50% of the country. The genetics we have now can fight off this drought. It's almost like the crop just sits there and waits for the rain and then goes. And so what's a little scary for me, Michelle, is that if we have – 2.1 billion ending stock right now with a 175 yield. You know, what happens next year? You mentioned money flow as well in the grain markets. And I know that was frustrating at times because mm -hmm. it felt like there was some disconnect. We got caught up in shiny things like geopolitical events or uh, what the Fed was doing with interest rates. You're right. That goes back to money flow and global headlines, geopolitical headlines, which are frustrating for me because one, they're almost impossible to predict and, and they do cause movements. But it goes back to then have, being very important to have your marketing plan set in place. So what are your thoughts about 2024 since you say we transitioned into a bear market? Does it continue into 24? I, well, obviously, I'm sounding pretty bearish. And that's kind of what I think for the corn market anyway, is, is it is going to be bearish just because we're going to have these big ending stocks from 2023 hanging over us. So it will be hard to rally. But, you know, the second I say that, I think I remember the last time I said that was probably before 2012 and, and Mother Nature tends to throw you a curveball. I mean, we still have to grow crops. You know, Brazil could struggle with their second crop of corn and that could cause China to buy more corn from us. There's also these rumors of China needing to buy a huge amount of corn for their stockpiles. But that would just concern me for later down the road that then they don't need to buy the following year. So, yes, I am a little bearish at corn margin before, but beans are tight, though, so you never know. Thanks for joining us, Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing. We'll have a look at livestock coming up. For marketing advice, call Bolt Marketing, a futures and options brokerage firm. Welcome back to our year in review. We're going to look at the cattle markets with Brad Cuomo with Cuomo Cuomo Barlake. And Brad, 2023 will long be known as the year that we had record cattle prices. You said it. It starts with the smallest cow herd in 60 years. Uh, but certainly demand is part of this story. Uh, you know, after after coming through COVID, choking off our economy. You remember how, you know, you couldn't get toilet paper. You couldn't get supply change. Nobody was going anywhere. And then... All of a sudden, everybody had more money to spend than they know what to do with. And and all of a sudden, we got this hoorah, we're going to go out to eat. So we had extremely good demand at a time when the numbers got tight. So what is your outlook for 2024? Well, obviously, we're on the heels here of, a, of, of also one of the biggest corrections that we've ever had in the cattle market, over 15% in price, uh, much, much bigger than normal and a, and a correction that 
has no moniker, has no uh, headline for it. It's not September 11. It's not mad cow disease. It's not a plant on fire, uh, whatever. Um, so, you know, it seems to me like uh, the market should be able to recover from this as well. You know, one of the keys for looking ahead here for me is uh, moisture and whether or not we're going to go into the next cycle, which should be retention of heifers. Um, uh, you know, people will think I'm crazy, but uh, the, as high as the market was this year, I do not think that we've seen the high of this cycle yet. And that should be prompted, I would say, late in the fourth quarter, early in the in the first quarter of 15 or 25, rather. Um and that would be because we're finally saving some heifers and we tighten down the supply even more than we have before. We'll have more Ag Day coming up. To contact Brad, give him a call at 712-722-0023 or visit the website at kkvtrading.com. All right, thanks, Michelle. Coming up, a look back at the weather that was and what may lie ahead. The good, the bad, and what helped save the harvest. Next. We started the newscast talking about the impact of weather on ag this morning. We're going to end with it as well because it's still impacting ag right now with the arrival of El Nino. Farm Journal's Tyne Morgan has a look back and forward. 2023 was a year full of weather related news. When we look back at 2023, I'm actually going to break heat and drought into two separate categories. From the intense heat in the south to the drought that parked itself across the south and Midwest, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the two weather events stole headlines this past year. Really, when you look at the extreme heat this year, it was focused across the deep south from Arizona to Florida and pretty much everybody in between. And that was certainly a huge weather story that affected parts of the cotton belt. From wiping out a large part of the cotton crop in West Texas to hitting sugarcane production in Louisiana, Rippey says nearly the entire Deep South saw impacts of this year's extreme heat. Of course, that came with drought in many cases. But when you look at these overall temperatures, hottest summer on record, a lot of hottest months on record, that was a big story in the Deep South U.S. But for much of the Corn Belt, the drought hit without the extended intense heat this year. We were very fortunate, especially in the Corn Belt, that we did not see the combination of extreme heat and drought at the same time. And that actually led to some of those better outcomes than expected for U.S. corn. With USDA currently projecting the largest U.S. corn crop on record, Rippey says the temperatures are what helped save the crops. And you do see that things actually turned out better in states like Iowa, where you look at the numbers, the rainfall numbers, they were abysmal, almost as dry as 2012, but then the heat just wasn't there. And today's variety is a little bit more tolerant of drought than heat, and the outcome was a little better than we expected. According to Rippey, the drought in the Midwest can be attributed to the blocking high pressure that wouldn't budge across Canada this spring, summer, or fall. The U.S. Midwest happened to be on the southern end of a lot of that high pressure over Canada. So when we think about that, think about the Canadian wildfires, all the smoke coming down. And we were just on the southern edge of that in the Midwest. He says that along with the northeasterly winds blocking moisture from the Gulf entering the Midwest, that's what caused the drought across much of the Corn Belt. To close out 2023, he says El Nino is making a splash once again. But now that El Nino has kicked in, it's a strong event. It could be one of the strongest on record before it's done. We're seeing that influence of El Nino starting to grab a hold of the reins of U.S. weather patterns. And that's pretty normal as we head into the end of the year and certainly should continue into early 2024. 
So what's on tap for 2024? Well, Reppy forecasts the intense El Nino to lead to what he calls pretty profound impacts for the rest of the winter and even into spring. All right, thanks, Tyne. And that's all the time we have this morning. From all of us here at Ag Day, Happy New Year and have a great 2024.